0: With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support.
1: Hey, One of Us Network listeners, this is Trevor from the Nighthawks podcast, invading your space to ask you to give us a spin if you like movies.
2: And I'm Matt, joining Trevor to ask you to join our cult. May not be a cult. Probably a cult. On the Nighthawks podcast, we cover new movies, old movies, great movies, bad movies, so bad they're good movies, and we cover movies from Norway. One movie from Norway, one time. So far. And it was a really good movie from Norway. It is a good movie from Norway. It's got Stellan Skarsgård.
1: Matt, this is a promo for our podcast, the Nighthawks podcast. Do you want people to listen to the podcast, or do you want them to watch An Order of Disappearance?
2: Wasn't that the point of covering In Order of Disappearance on the podcast to get people to watch it?
1: Fair enough. Watch In Order of Disappearance and then afterwards listen to our Nighthawks podcast episode on it. Or you could listen to an episode on any
2: of the over 120 other movies we've covered. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, and at nighthawkspodcast.com.
0: When the film Caveat begins, we see a young lady wearing pajamas in a room that could be any given room from the game Resident Evil 7. Crappy as shit, water stain, peeling paint and wallpaper, her nose bleeding all over her face. And she's holding up the creepiest fucking rabbit since Frank the Bunny and Donnie Darko. Just this nasty, ratty, horrible, evil-faced thing beats on a drum. Automated thing. And she heads down a door with this thing with the basement where every once in a while the bunny starts beating the drum and she goes into a wall and saws a hole in the wall. She looks in and then the film's like, we'll tell you later. (laughs) Okay, I have no idea what's going on in this movie, but you have my attention. Just for that fucking bunny, if nothing else. Holy shit. I kind of want one. (laughs) Bradley and I were talking about beforehand, we both like this movie enough. But it's small enough of a movie that we're like, I guess they're probably not going to mass produce this bunny. That's a shame. <laughs> I'd love to have a remote control one that you put mm-hmm. in like the guest room. They're like, that's kind of a weird uh, item you got there. You didn't touch it, did you? <laughs> Don't ever touch the rabbit. <laughs> and then you got a little remote control from the other room at like two in the morning.
1: Do, 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 <laughs>
2: Dude, that thing is evil without doing anything. Just standing there, even if it never moves a
3: drumstick, it's terrifying. It keeps getting set down, you know, so it can follow with us in the story. And there's one, th- somewhere in the first half, where it gets set down, but it's not like perfectly in frame. And I was like, oh, man. And then they switch cameras, and he's fucking like right there looking at... So good.
0: They made a mistake and accidentally put Duracells in that thing, and it's pissed. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Why won't I die? Why <laughs> won't
0: I, I, I die? Anyway, uh, joining me for this review is Brad. Hello. Llewane. Hey, how's it going? And Robert. Hi, everybody. This is from writer director Damien McCarthy, and believe it or not, a debut feature film from him. He's done quite a few shorts, but this is the first feature film that he's done that originally came out at Fright Fest in 2020 to actually quite a bit of acclaim, uh, largely really good reviews. And the story here really is not about this young woman in pajamas that I talked about at the beginning, played by Layla Sykes. It's about the actor Jonathan French, who I think might very well become a big star if this movie catches on the way it should, because he gives a really riveting performance as Isaac, who had had an accident He's left with no long-term memory. Well, we always know what that's going to lead to. <laughs> and he's offered a lot of money by a guy named Barrett, played by Ben Kaplan, for just a little bit of work. He's got to babysit the guy's niece, Olga, who we saw in the opening scene. She's somewhere between teen and 20, young, early 20s, hard to say. But apparently she is psychologically unbalanced. She has emotional problems. Her mother has disappeared, who was crazy, apparently. Her father committed suicide. And there's no one to watch her. And The guy's like, I just, I'll pay you a lot of money to watch Watcher in this house. Well, what he doesn't tell him before he says yes to the deal is A, the house is on this completely isolated island. There's no one else there except for the house and the girl. And the house is a shithole, like a crazy labyrinthine shithole of a house. So, right there, I would have been like, yes, I'll do it. But, what he also doesn't tell is that the girls doesn't like to have anybody get anywhere near, won't let anybody in her room, and part of the deal, the caveat if you will, is that he has to wear a harness hooked up to a chain that goes all the way down to a chain of the basement where said father had killed himself. Nothing creepy about that, that won't let him actually make it inside her room. And she has these fits where she freezes and doesn't hear or see anything, just has her hands over her face, usually her nose is bleeding. I mean, the whole thing is fucked up. Oh yeah, and she has a crossbow it never occurs to the guy to go first thing okay dude that crossbow's gotta go you take that with you off the island that is not staying here so i think the moment they're like we're gonna chain you to the basement deal breaker dude you cannot pay me enough money
1: <laughs> it's just a uniform
3: <laughs> that's what he everyone says. wears a uniform to work i love how the uncle goes almost as far as to say look i do it but i'm not stupid do you understand will you just <laughs> yeah. do this yeah. So I can leave? Uh, I
1: loved that when he was like, oh, no, no, Olga's creepy. I don't want to go near her. (laughs) you
3: will be fine.
1: Just wear your uniform and you'll be fine. And don't go in the basement. The uniform's chained to the basement, though, so. (laughs) Oh, Olga's a real nutter. Man.
2: Reverse psychology, maybe? You were talking about the description of the house. It is straight out of fucking Resident Evil. I'm like, nobody lives in this goddamn place. Seriously. (laughs) It's, It's a health hazard at the least.
0: I mean, it's got like a shitty old intercom system. Shit going on behind the walls. There's one phone and he can't reach it cuz it's in her room. First day, he's like, "Okay, this is ridiculous, but I I guess I said yes." And he goes to his cot and there's a picture hanging on the wall, the most evil fucking picture I swear you've seen in anything since Vigo and Ghostbusters 2 of the girl With her rabbit doll, that is building the atmosphere and tension of like, what is going on here? Is this more murdery, psychotic people? Is it more supernatural stuff or is it some combination of the two? And I think that's the thing about this film works best. It keeps you guessing all the way to the end to what is what, what's really going on, who is motivated for what. And oh, yeah, that's right. He does have a bunch of missing memory. I wonder if
2: that plays into that in any way. That couldn't be important at all.
3: And nobody seen mom in a while.
1: Well, I just assumed they were gaslighting him. And maybe they were. Ish. <laughs> so that's where I kept guessing, like, nah. They're pulling something over this poor guy's eyes. There's going to be some kind of satanic ritual. And then, you know, when the cliches that come about with satanic rituals didn't happen, I was like, where is this going? And why do I want to go with it? This is just going to keep me up all night.
2: It's actually been a long time since I've watched a decent horror movie where I'm like, I don't really know what's going on yet. This is fucking weird. Oh, I got it. I Oh, nope. no. I don't mm-hmm. got it. Yep. I this is not what I thought it was. It's something else entirely.
0: Even within its scares because there'd yeah. be stuff I'd be like oh this is what because I know if I was doing this I'd probably go this is where you do this and they do some variation on it I didn't see coming sure. or, okay yeah. that fucked with me there's almost no jump scares mm-hmm. at all Mm-mm. in this film it's all atmospheric yeah. creepy abstract weirdness just like oh god but stuff that really gets to you but I finally figured out what it is that the model because I'm you know our brains are always trying to fit things to a pattern I'm like it's mm-hmm. Edgar Allan Poe not mm-hmm. based on any one specific Edgar Allan Poe right. every Everything in this is nodding to Edgar Allan Poe from the fall of the house of Usher to Casco of Montiato, to many other
2: stories. I'm like, Oh, he just wrote a modern day Poe story, which mm-hmm. is awesome because who does that? The protagonist is like a Poe sort of protagonist. Like we're following him. It's not literally first person. Cause he's not writing mm-hmm. the story down like it would be a Poe story, but we're following him and he has no idea what's going on. And we have no idea what's going on. And he has a whole lot of stuff stuck in his head he can't access, mm-hmm. which is exactly the type of thing you'd have in that sort of story. Either somebody is crazy or somebody can't access an important piece of information that would sort of unravel everything. That's actually a really good comparison. A little more dreamlike, more
0: oneric than perhaps you would expect sure. from Poe specifically, but like, because everything in here has this feeling of like the way that horror dreams actually happen, which aren't mm-hmm. like horror movies, unsettling. And was that?
1: like that before (laughs) right you know death and decay is a very important character in this story Mm -hmm. and even in final destination death is more of a gimmick than a character and i do like those movies i think they're hilariously a good time those crunchy squishy times but (laughs) i work in the life insurance biz and it doesn't scare me but this really scared me because it's like saying if ghosts exist, what's scary about them? Being sad and lonely forever, of course. That is pretty scary, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> that rabbit knew something. It was, ooh. <laughs> fucking... do, do you guys know Morris Code? Maybe it was speaking to us. This film could create so many myths about itself. Mm -hmm. if it goes like big mainstream like the paranormal activities did and I'm not saying that should or shouldn't happen just people should see this in mass I
0: think this is one of the best of the obviously low budget horror restricted deeply by everything but the location which they probably had to have safety (laughs) inspectors there the whole time because there's no way that thing was set dressed to look that shitty that was obviously a complete (laughs) piece of shit they filmed at I was deeply impressed with what they managed to pull off with the blessing of a location for this type of film and just a a really solid script and one hell of a lead actor oh yeah mm-hmm. and there's another actress in here who basically has one expression the entire film but is fucking creepy I am going to say it's a
3: pretty good expression
1: it's brilliant and that's what I was kind of getting at without wanting to get too much into I don't think you could even spoil this movie because it leaves you with so much to think about in so many ways and I know I'm a little crazy mm-hmm. so I think about things that maybe the filmmakers wouldn't even want to imply at all yeah, Death and Decay being a part of all of us. We're all going to be that rabbit someday, you guys. Mm. It's going to happen to all of us. Some of us already are, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to
0: keep beating that drum. What's final thoughts, this bitch? Bob, what do you got?
3: I really dug it. You know, we mentioned blockbusters a couple times, and I think that's part of what made this so refreshing is this, as a friend used to say, is really good at zagging where everybody else zigs, you know? It does have sort of the bottle movie flavor or the video game-esque type of story. But man, all the best stuff that happens in this movie is just on screen. Like, there's a lot to think about. I think it could have been a little less hairy. There is a lot going on for the runtime. But the spooks that are on on stage, the way the characters were used, I think mostly the way the story was doled out. Like, I don't know what the hell was going on. And I'm not a big is it or isn't it horror fan. Like there's some of that stuff deals way more with trauma where it's like, no, they were just horribly sad. And look what happened. And I don't think it really mattered what was really going on with this one. About an hour in, I was already thinking about watching it again. There's a scene where somebody puts their hand through a wall, which is essentially like a piece of a dryer vent and one light. And it's fucking rough, dude. Oh, man. Did I really like that? The other big thing I liked about the music is they did some cool stuff. There's a scene where a character I think might be in the basement for the first time and he's doing that swing the flashlight around the the room real quick and the music cuts down and then they just bring in these weird like symphonic swells real quick. But it's not cut to the scene and it was just such a neat depth to something like this which is why i really think like you said i hope this director just keeps pushing this weird under your skin stuff i'm gonna give it eight out of ten reasons why i'm never gonna have a basement
2: luane you mentioned dream logic and stuff earlier and that's what i kept thinking watching this movie is it feels like the best nightmare you know that there's parts of it i'm like this doesn't make any fucking sense But it does in this thing that you're watching right now. Man, I would not do a thing like that. I wouldn't do this. And you do that in movies, like horror movies. They don't go in the basement, that type of shit. But like with this one, it's like, no, seriously, man, you're scaring the shit out of me. Don't do that. It's been a long time since I've been unnerved watching a horror movie. And I forgot how awesome it is to actually be creeped out watching something like that. It's like experiencing a nightmare where you feel like things just aren't quite making sense, but they kind of make sense and you're going along with it because what else are you going to do? I cannot wait to see what else this guy does because this was out of the park for me. This is four out of five shitty intercoms, bradley
1: so years ago when i rented it was a house from the 70s that had never been worked on before ever not even the wiring horribly creepy and we had a cellar and i'd keep the onions in the cellar you keep your onions in a damn cool place so they don't rot and in that cellar was a place to the crawl space i told my kids do not go in this crawl space and they're looking at me like we're going to go in the crawlspace. space. I put my pillow in there. I even want to go into it now. <laughs> <laughs> so then I said, because that's where Mr. Dithers lives. We don't own this house. It belongs to him. So stay out of there. Mr. Dithers is a character name I got from Dreams and Shadows, a book by Robert C. Cargill. But a couple years later, we're leaving the house. I've never had any problems with them going in the crawl space. So I asked him, you know, these five and four year old are like 9, 10, maybe 12, 13. It doesn't matter. Said, did you guys ever go in the crawl space? And they were like, no. And I was like, good. I didn't think you did because you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> so then my oldest is like, Dad, is Mr. Dithers real? So all our boxes are gone. We're ready to move into the new house. I
3: look at both of them.
1: Now's your time to find out. <laughs> so they don't go to the cellar.
3: But <laughs> That's better. I thought it was going to end with I don't have kids anymore. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: And now they belong to that house. <laughs> now wanting to know but being too scared to know but like i really should know like i wouldn't be surprised if my son in his like 30s would be like take me to mr dither's cellar dad i I has to know (laughs) like that's how this movie made me feel that spooky mystery like i'm not going in there but someone should go in there because i really want to know what happens i'm gonna give this eight out of ten holes in the wall Yeah, this is just filled with exquisite dream chills.
0: Luane, when you were saying it's one of those things where, no, people wouldn't actually do these things. But it doesn't take very long at all, like literally the opening sequence before you're sucked into this film's not severely surreal, but just surreal enough dreamlike world that it feels like something that you've experienced yourself in a dream and you kind of buy into it. It manages to sideswipe almost all of the modern horror conventions, if anything appeals more to some ones we haven't seen in a really long time, but... Only slightly. It's more nods of the head to it. It's really original. And I really kind of loved it all around at its worst. I feel like there's a scene or two that maybe belabors the point here and there. I mean, it's an hour and 29 minutes. It's definitely not an overlong film on any stretch of the imagination. But there's a couple points you're like, okay, we've already established this. You probably could have cut that. And it would have been a little tighter. Because what makes a genuinely creepy film succeed, where at the end you're just totally unsettled, is making sure that you never... Let that tension up, that it just slowly drip by drab increases until you can barely stand it. And overall, this does this incredibly successfully. I can't wait to see what comes next from this writer-director. In fact, I'm going to go seek out all his short films and watch them now, which I'm sure they're all online. It's a fascinating work, caveat, and I have no caveat about that uh, statement. (laughs) I'm going to give this nine out of ten evil rabbits that I've already placed somewhere in all of your homes. (laughs) (laughs) That even now, watch (laughs) and wait. Wait. Dude, I seriously want one of those things. But yeah. it's scary as shit. I do too. I almost wish this was like became this underground sensation film so everybody who's sick and twisted like us would be like, Yes,
3: please, I will buy one. Give me one. <laughs> yeah, we need <laughs> a we need a Funko Rabbit immediately. It's one of those things where like I think if I had it like in my hand and set next to me like it'd be more fun than creepy, but fucking across the room and not perfect yeah. light. Hell no. <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. I got chills thinking about it. This movie needs a off just
0: about
2: that it's
3: rap. a really great thing that after so many horror movies were released last year, that all of us used words like scared, creeped out. I was thinking about it, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't the gore. It wasn't, you know, the over the top sound effects. It wasn't something that you knew was going to happen, but it happened anyway. Like I think Chris nailed it. Like this was just a, a really neat original film i'm really kind of torn on who i would show it to <laughs> i don't want to be with them afterwards when they're like why did you make me watch that that's crazy do you have
0: any elderly rich relatives
3: that perhaps
0: <laughs> have heart issues and probably have you have a solid place on the will yeah but they have
3: sellers so i'm not into it <laughs> oh fair enough
0: hey will you put this cask away for
3: me It's right behind the wall. No, go in there. Go in there. I'll get it. I'll help you. It's fine.